Hello and welcome everyone to this episode of Witches on the Couch. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Nikki and I am a witch. Hi, I'm your other host. My name is Jade and I'm also a witch. Uh, so tonight we're going to pick back up with our continued series, uh, The Secret Circle. We are on episode 17, can you believe it? 17 of season one, the only season out of 22 holy cow i just realized out of 22 we're almost there we're no! so close yes i'm pretty excited <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i'm pretty excited uh this episode though is titled curse yeah i i have like no strong feelings either way about it honestly I, as i was watching it i was like i feel like this is an episode i will forget very quickly <laughs> Uh, I like the beginning. I like the end. It lost me in the middle. Except for uh, B-plot. I kind of lived for the B-plot. The B-plot was the most exciting thing to happen in this episode. Uh, Just to get into it then, right up top. So you remember how at the end of the last episode, they were getting all, Cassie and Adam were getting all hot and heavy. And there was just like a ton of crows circling outside, all creepy like. Well, guess what? Open up to a bunch of dead crows. And it's morning. Cassie and Adam wake up in bed together. Lo and behold, they got down and dirty. They had sex. Adam all sweetly asks, hey, you want to do some circle magic? Eh, I don't think that's a good idea. Why? Let's just stop time. Oh, it's tempting, but no, then we'd have to stay in bed all day. They both think back to when they first did magic together and just the feelings they had and just look at us now. Oh, the journey we've gone on. Yeah. The, Almost like it's been 17 episodes. <laughs> the journey that didn't really actually get elaborated on because it feels like they were dancing around the point and then we had no real walk around the point we went straight to the point it doesn't it doesn't feel like a true like we didn't follow a true path we just kind of wibble wobbled and then here we are we definitely wibble wobbled for a while there was definitely a lot of time wasted on should Diana and Adam stay together? She still loves him. And now I'm just like, that was so much wasted time. Like, I feel like that went nowhere. And then once we gave up on that, it just zipped right on through. It didn't zip because then we <sighs> had Jake. I, yeah. feel like, I feel like you're blocking out a lot. Apparently, because I feel like they tried to make Jake for a little bit, but really they... They didn't. I am, with I am constantly scared they're going to go back to Jake just because I feel like recently my run in shows is in love triangles. I like the guy that keeps losing. And I am like, I'm very scared that like that's going to happen here, that they're going to make a final run for Jake because like. I don't know, because her and Adam got together when we still have five episodes left. So it's like, what are we going to do with these last five episodes? Stick her back with Jake. They are, but for other reasons. I don't 
Mm. Uh, for reasons I have opinions on near the end. Yes, I also have opinions on that. Uh, so, I, for those who are wondering, I'm also talking about Manifest on my I Feel Like I Keep Losing. <laughs> I just watched the new season. I binged it in like three days. I don't care. Feel like I feel like I'm losing. I'm in a constant like battle on that. I love Zeke since the first time we met him and I'm constantly worried about him. I feel like I just lost. <laughs> defeats no no ends that's a bummer it really is and also watch manifest it's a great show okay watch the imperfects first because i think you'll get a better kick out of it but also watch manifest it's an excellent show okay (laughs) for everyone else who is curious these are great shows you can watch By the by, anywho, back to the actual show that we're talking about today. And that uh, ends our subsegment of Nikki recommends. <laughs> we'll visit it again shortly, I'm yeah. sure. Come back <laughs> next week for my next recommends. So, uh, John Blackwell sees all the crows in the yard. Intro. Now they're dressed. Everybody's on the stairs. Cassie can't believe. My dark magic did this? <laughs> no. Cassie and Adam doing it. Coming together, I think is how JB puts it. And I laughed it's so hard so because it's a strange father and you just, both of you just popped your cherries. Like, come on. It's situationally, it's disturbing. I put myself in their shoes. It's embarrassing, but outside, it's so fucking funny. It's also like, it seems like they were playing coy. Like, they were like, Adam and Cassie were like playing coy about the whole situation. But literally, like, John's outside, and then they're all fully dressed with him outside. So I assume John went to get them. Uh, Yeah. Knocked on the door, and then they rushed real quickly. Yeah. Like, I was kind of like, he apparently grabbed Cassie and Adam and didn't see anything, so... Cool. He's very respective of boundaries of rooms, I guess. Um, good good for yeah. him. But I was like, how, how did we get this far with you guys? <laughs> like, no one asking questions. <laughs> like, why is it 7 a.m. and Adam's in your room when I knock? Like... Weren't those the clothes you were in last night, Adam? Like, no one asked anything and they think they could just get away with this? Like, that's what the intro was for. We had a hard cut. We're not supposed to think about this, Nikki. It, but okay, I think I'd be fine with that if they stuck with that. Because sometimes it is a hard cut and just like a time lapse jump where it's like, don't look at it. But other times it's a direct pickup. So I'm just like, when it is a weird hard cut jump it I notice it very quickly and it like it sticks with me is the point I'm sorry you have to deal with that thank you anywho so uh the two came together and it actually unleashed a curse placed on the two family lines long 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 time ago to stop them from ever being together. Uh, John doesn't know the details, but Amelia did tell him about it. Well, 
must not have she must not have told ethan then because he doesn't seem to have any inkling otherwise he wouldn't have pushed the two together john says no the only other person she'd confide in was you know grandma jane her own mom we're gonna have to try and get the details from her and uh don't do anything to make it worse in the meantime which is hilarious from an outside point of view again and awkward if you're in there like you just got caught in bed together basically and then your dad's leaving by your estranged father it's not even someone you're close to it's like kind of a rando dude don't uh don't be boning anymore you horny teenagers keep it in your pants and then we cut away to Faye is looking for Lee. Um, you know, she's at the shop. Except, lo and behold, there's only Eva who says Lee took off to think about his conflicted feelings. Well, that's not what he was saying last night. Oh. That's exactly what I did too, was I was watching it actually. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh you make damn. that sound worse than it actually was, or more right. exciting than it actually was. It was very tame. Um yeah, so Fag also comes back with since when does Lee think? Which fires up Eva. Guess you didn't know him as well as you thought. Uh, Faye tries to get into the main part of the house though and Eva yells stop and then there's like a glass thing from the shop that throws itself across the room and shatters right next to Faye's head. Dramatic. That Eva is... Also it took me this long like we are almost done with the show and I finally gave a name to the space that I feel confident with. I'm calling it the Voodoo Studio. Hey. Yeah, I, I wrote that down. I was like, hey, I wish I'd come up with that 10 episodes ago. But here we are. So I felt proud of that and I wanted to share it. Thank you. You're welcome. Congratulations. My notes always just call it the shop now. I, I've i called it like 20,000 different things. I've never settled on a title until today. Uh, too bad it like doesn't really matter after like much more. Better late than never, huh? Uh, but also I think Faye sums it up pretty well. Calls Eva, you're seriously psycho. And cut away. (laughs) Yeah, totally true. Like I said, sums it up pretty well. Crazy ex-girlfriend. Another sub Nikki recommends. (laughs) See, I told you we'd only go a few minutes. I know, it's a great show. Uh cuts over to Faye's in her no, just kidding. The recapping to melissa and diana they're at the coffee shop uh faye is pretty set on eva must have done something to lee melissa thinks faye's kind of overreacting because you know hey she gets really into guys so you're probably just overthinking it nope faye is pretty sure eva's just hiding something and come on, when do I ever ask for help, like, let alone from you two? 
obviously it's serious this was a fair point i was like ah she's got you there she really does (laughs) i agree so basically she just wants them to help her break into lee's car because his car is still there and that's like the weirdest part because apparently lee was like super into his car he was car guy which is like dated a couple car guys i don't recommend it um (laughs) Not the best trait, in my opinion. But nonetheless, Lee apparently was, like, obsessed with his car and the fact that his car is still there, even though that Eva says Lee left in the middle of the night, uh, makes Faye think that something's in the car and they can find find something. Yeah, sneaky, like. Uh, We cut to John and Cassie, who have gone to visit Jane in the hospital. And for once... We were not played. Ladies and gentlemen, Grandma Jane. She still lives in like this nursing home. I was shocked that first of all, she's here because for episodes now, we start the episode with like Jane's coming home today and Jane never appears. It's been weeks of episodes of Jane's coming back this week. Oh, Jane's going to be here this weekend. Never to be seen. I started to think she was dead or it was in everyone's mind. Like it was insane. And I was kind of tired of being like tugged around by it. So when John was like, oh, Jane was the only one he trusted. I was like, ha, show me Jane, John show me her and then he did so good on him yeah true 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 so yeah jane's a like uh yeah like a extended need home i don't i don't even know what to call this place because we don't really see anything that's going on here but it's like a hospital of some sort and she looks like hell but hey she's here so i'm gonna take jane where i can get her uh basically cassie goes up to her like asks how she's doing and everything and jane calls cassie amelia cassie corrects her jane takes the correction in stride but she will keep referring to cassie as amelia for the rest of this conversation and it kind of has this weird implication that jane is like stuck like mentally i think like 20 years in the past yeah like something like that um which is tragic and sad yeah uh of course and then to get information cassie really leans into it but hey you know with like dementia and alzheimer's can't remember what happened in the last 10 years but you can remember every single fucking detail from 30 years ago yeah so tried and true when you fuck up your memory fall back on the old stuff yeah, so that was cool to see them actually kind of play that correctly, even though it's kind of a bummer for Jane. I do like how they played this. Like, I like how you kind of see what's wrong with Jane. I think the fact though that we haven't seen Jane in like 10 episodes was probably to their detriment. Already? It's been, remember when Cassie was living with Diana? Yeah. That was a while ago. Mm. And she stopped because Jane was coming home. But then we did like two holidays. So I don't really know what's going on there. 
And with that knowledge, yeah, Jade's been gone for like four months. Like we we haven't we haven't seen her in ages. Like Cassie got moved to live with her, then immediately just had to like live by herself. Rough, rough life. Um, so Cassie goes and starts talking to Jane and asks about Amelia and if there was like a curse between her and Ethan's family. And Jane says there was, and she shouldn't think about that because, like, is this about Ethan again? Because she's very confused. And as you said, like, Cassie kind of leans into it, but also I don't know if she's like leaning into it to be manipulative. I just think this is probably how their conversations usually go. Is like, I think she's just kind of tired of correcting her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame her. I had a great grandfather who always mistook me in the later years for my mother, and that's fine. It's just easier to roll with it to keep everything moving along. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's kind of just like the feeling I get from Cassie is it's like, all right, I'm still like, we're still having a conversation. Let's just like, let's keep this moving. And yeah, Jane says that there is a curse that was set on the family, a seer witch some generations ago, several generations ago, uh, cursed the two families. Why? I don't know. Maybe it was jealousy. I question marked the hell out of this. Yeah. It's literally just like, Cassie's like, why? And she's like, I don't know, jealousy. And I was like, no one, no one looked into this. No one. Nope. Happened so long ago. We don't even care. Well, because it does seem like such an epic family story that it like, you know, you think as it's like told through generations, they'd be like, but why? And like the fact that like, ah, crazy seers. And which is like, I think that psychic chick was the seer. They do fucking nothing. I don't know where this story is coming from. Uh, who, who the fuck knows? But Jane continues to explain that if the curse is awakened, within that couple the between the two families that someone in the circle will die no also such a weird consequence yeah i don't know i was hey you two boned i'm gonna kill someone in your circle i'll kill someone else who had no input on this situation like what How does that help with the jealousy thing? Like, what does this mean? Especially if it's like a one-time activated curse. Like, you know, if they're that love, they could be like, I mean, I'll sacrifice like Jimmy. I've never liked him that much anyway. Like, if you can't guarantee it's Jimmy. I feel like you're playing circle roulette. And I think if you're like that crazy in love, you know, some would do it. Like. Yeah, especially right. the last circle, which just seems like they were all terrible people. <sighs> like I would have played that game if I'd been like Ethan. I'd be like, our our friends are awful human beings. Like let's just let's just spin that barrel and see what happens. <laughs> I don't know why I'm always defending Ethan. It's it's a problem. Anyway, it's dramatic, or it's supposed to be. I got a good laugh out of it. This is what I mean, where I was, like, so neutral in this episode, was I was just, like, laughing at some of this stuff, which I don't usually do. Usually, I'm, like, very invested. I was just like, okay, sure, Jane. 
Sure, Cassie, this is a big deal. I don't really care, but okay. <laughs> I'll play along. It's like when a toddler like gives you a phone and acts like very dramatic on the other end. Like this is like a life or death phone call. And you're like, I mean, I'll play along. <laughs> like that, that's how I felt during this episode. That's a very interesting comparison. Thank you. I could definitely like it works though. I'm making that connection. Right? Like <laughs> as I said, I was like, yeah, that's definitely the exact vibe I had. Uh cut to Cassie and Adam who are updating the circle minus Jake. So it's just Diana, Melissa, and Faye on basically everything they learned from Jane that um, there's this curse on them. And then this goes, leads into another like weird, they don't want to say they had sex situation where Faye is like, oh, does this mean you two finally like did the deed, like hooked up? And I was like, nope, this is still awful. Please stop. Um, but yeah, they admit they slept together and it seems to like somewhat hurt Diana, but I don't, I don't really know. Cause like Diana seems to be doing okay for herself. So I didn't take that with too much of a grain of salt. And Faye basically just says that this curse sounds like bullshit. It sounds like the kind of thing that old families would say to like keep their children abstinent basically to like stop them from from sleeping with one another and she just doesn't believe it she's like yeah I call bullshit I'm fine we're fine I'm just assuming this curse means nothing and I don't believe it and (laughs) poor Diana's like I don't know I woke up with a cough and she's like no you didn't shut up Diana (laughs) like I don't know. Faye really got me in this scene. I was like, yeah, Faye, I forgot I kind of liked you. Um, Do you really, really love the, it's the abstinence education at work. Yeah. That's it. Just come on. It's stupid and she doesn't believe it. And she's not going to let everyone else get roped into it. So she's like, it's stupid. Move on with your lives. You guys slept together. Do it that way you will. I got a real situation I got to deal with. So my girls, and she just like collects Diana and Melissa and they just walk out. <laughs> and I was like, wow, hey, there's leadership potential of you. Who knew? Good on you. Uh, so that was great. This was actually like a fun little scene that I was like kind of into. So they leave and then Adam's like, I don't know, maybe she's right. We're all fine. And this is when Cassie's like, where the hell is Jake? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. I also kind of didn't realize he wasn't here in all honesty. My notes oh. go from Cassie and Adam update the circle to a quickly etched in oops minus Jake. Yeah. Yeah. My notes say uh Cassie and Adam update no recap to girl trio. <laughs> No Jake. I noticed immediately. I How convenient did. because then of course my notes don't say it, but I remember thinking it. Like, oh, hmm, Jake's not here. I wonder who the fuck is gonna be sick. I didn't notice Jake wasn't there. And I, oh. I think this leads to why I did not care about the A plot is because I don't care about Jake. So well, cut to Jake is like lying in his bed, like in his like boxers, just like looking like, ah, oh, so tortured. By which I mean, I think they sprayed him with a spray bottle before we started. Probably. And he's just like laying there in the middle of the afternoon. And Cassie's like 
knocks on the bedroom door a couple times before she just, as in Cassie style, bursts in and is like, where were you? I was knocking. And I was like, first of all, Cassie, you don't knock. So I call bullshit on the situation. If this was like an episode where there was a doppelganger, I would now believe it was Cassie. She doesn't knock. We've made multiple jokes about this. Like, yeah. first in, what has changed? Why are you suddenly being weird about this? This is what you guys do. You break into each other's rooms and it's friendly. It's weird as hell, but you guys seem happy with this relationship. Uh, but Jake says he hasn't been feeling well all day and that he didn't mean to sleep this long and he thinks he has a fever. So like Cassie kind of goes to him and like, touches his face and like pulls up his wrist and you can see that his like wrist veins are kind of going like grayish black i think they were supposed to be black but i don't think they wanted to put the money into that so it was like dark gray okay i called it black but all All right right, great um veins are tiny okay they don't need that much into it yeah i don't know my veins are very prominent on my wrist so i was like do better like that's you now, like, Sarah. Now, everyone, please take a moment to look at your wrists. How prominent are your veins? Mine are very prominent. I have had blood drawn actually from the back of my hand multiple times. And it's because the vein there is very prominent. So, good on me. My veins are fun. Uh, yeah, but this is how we discover apparently Jake's the one who's cursed. And that means Jake's gonna die. Oh no, not Jake. God, I hope he lives. Uh, the tragedy. So begins me having complete neutrality on this A plot. Best case, we kill off my least favorite character. No way. <laughs> not gonna do it. He is part, we just got him in here. To keep a complete circle, we, nobody's going to actually die because then we break up the circle. But like, it's too early for that. They also like can, like without consent, transfer circle membership to other family members. So I don't know, bring in a cousin. Like, I feel like that'd be stretching it just a little too far, even for them. So, okay, sure. Got to keep it generational. <laughs> okay. Either way, uh, Cassie brings Jake back over to her house where Adam is. They just kind of like catch Jake up on everything. We've also found out about the curse because he wasn't there at the girl group meeting. And then John walks in and he's holding. Okay, this is where I was confused. Is this Cassie's book? Or is it just a book? It's just a book. Okay. Like, yeah. I was very confused about this because he says he found a solution. It's an elixir that Amelia had found at one point and it looks like handwritten. So I was like, is this, is Cassie just chill with you? Like going through the book? Cause I don't, I didn't think she was, but like, then it didn't look like her book. I was very lost. Um, but I guess it's just a book that has an elixir in it. So apparently this elixir can save the person break the curse i don't know it's it's a macguffin we're, we're now gonna go after this elixir basically and the elixir oh no it's made of all these really strange ingredients that are super hard to find but guess what i remember calvin had a shop that was like an antique shop that carried all these weird ingredients for those who don't remember calvin he's like the only asian man that we have met in this entire show and uh he was murdered by jake 
Yep. So irony not lost. And again, I was like, I mean, Jake, maybe it's the universe saying it's time. <laughs> like the the person that could save you, you killed. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's rough, Jake. Uh, but no, everyone's like scrambling and says that they'll find the ingredients to save them. And I was like, ah, sure, take your time. Uh, cut to Dawn, who's having Charles over at her house for like the first time since they've had like the reckoning. By which I mean, Dawn showed her real serial killer-esque vibes, which seem high. And she just kind of like catches up Charles on the fact that like John's back and she's talked to him a couple times and like he's dangerous. Typical Dawn stuff. And basically she says that her and Charles need to start working together again because she knows that John's been visiting Jane. And if John is getting any information out of Jane, then Jane could direct him to them. And it's more of a problem for Charles since he murdered Amelia. Yeah. Which is a fair point. I kind of always forget Charles murdered Amelia. I kind of did too. But I like how honestly and Don throws that in like as very obvious blackmail right at the end. Because Charles doesn't really want to get into it because fuck Don. Because he hates Don, yeah. Hey, uh, if I let it slip that you are the one who killed Amelia, then John's going to be your problem too. So let's just work together. So she's like, get your crystal and let's start working together. And I don't know if this is a bad thing, but like Charles is one of my favorite characters. So I think that's also why I keep forgetting that he killed Amelia is just because like Amelia wasn't a character. She's a, she's a plot point. Yeah. Like, I don't see how Charles is one of your favorite characters, though, because nothing <laughs> happens with him. I find him fun, though. I liked when he was, like, Team Rocket. Like, I had a good time <laughs> with that. Like, I like okay. that he's just, like, a good dad most of the time and trying to, like, raise Diana. And when Cassie was like, turns out I might be orphaned. My grandmother's losing her mind. He was like, live with us. You're a delight. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of Charles I just really enjoy. I think the actor is very charismatic, so I think that's like why I like seeing him on screen. Um, But I think that's also why I keep forgetting that he killed Amelia. Like, he like blatantly murdered her, but also because Amelia was around for like 10 seconds. 20 seconds, yeah. Like, And now like everyone kind of revolves around her, like, but we never see her. Like, not even in flashbacks. There isn't even like a flashback episode to bond us with who was Amelia. It's like the idea of Amelia is what we have. So. Yes. Anywho. Yep. Don drops that blackmail and then we cut on over to the antiquity shop where Calvin's niece is still working. Uh, No, Calvin's been missing for months now. But she takes the list Oh, yeah, we have all the ingredients. Oh, except for the lethate root. It's very rare. Oh, but hey, it, mo- it grows in the woods just outside of town very conveniently. It's super rare, but it's in the woods. So just go get it. What? But it's <laughs> like, it's like a mile away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mostly grows in trees hollowed out by rot or age in the local woods. I also well, feel like that's not hard to find at all. 
Exactly. That's what I was saying. And then it, hey, they're going to go searching for this route. Spoilers. It's going to take them hours. So long. And it's just, it's so stupid. Like it didn't need to be this much. You're trying to make it so much more than it is. When she was like, it usually grows in these like, you know, trees that have been rotted out by age or like parasites. Um, I grew up on a couple acres and a lot of the acreage was covered by like tree covers and stuff like that. It, it was like the woods I grew up in. It wasn't a big woods, it's like a tiny portion of woods, but I took Jade there all the time. I feel like you and I in that tiny bit of woods, I know where at least like four rotted stumps are. Like just off the top of my head. Like I'm like, oh yeah, like here's the first four places we should look. And it would take us like tops 30 minutes. So more spoilers. When they do eventually find it, the tree is still alive. It just has like an hollowed out sort of center, but it's still alive. And in that hollowed center is where the root, this special leaf root is growing. Uh, so I feel like that's the qualifier because like they can't just go find some rotting log in the woods. It has to be the tree has to still be alive and have a hollowed out section for whatever reason. And that's where the root grows because that makes more sense, I guess, for the rarity. But at this point in the story, it's just fucking stupid. It's so stupid. Again, this is me with the toddler phone where they're like, but you'll never find it. I'm like, okay. I'll, I'll take your quest on. <laughs> uh, yes, Adam and Cassie will go look. Jake wants to join, but Cassie doesn't think that's a good idea. <laughs> to which Jake asks, oh, uh, sorry. Cassie says, do you think that's such a good idea? And Jake, if only you'd asked yourself that last night. Ooh, burn. Everyone's like, way okay here ah, way too invested in the fact that they two teenagers had sex yeah they boned like i i take this weird attitude to it kind of like faded like this is the first time i'm like i think faye is like our most mature person here never where she's just like she does awkwardly state oh my god you guys like hooked up in a weird way where like i think it was written weird um, but afterwards she's like, all right, I said it out loud. I really don't give a damn. I got my own shit to worry about. Like, let's go. But everyone else like fixates on it. They're like, you mean you had sex? Oh, like it's, it's so weird. And I'm like, you guys got to get out of their business just a little bit. Like I wouldn't even do this with like my best friend in high school. Like I, I had people in high school who would want to talk to me about their sex life. And I was like, I really feel like there's a lot of details here. I don't need to know. Cause like they are way too intimate and personal. And that was like me at 16. So I don't know why like these semi-adults and like older teenagers are like, they, they didn't. You mean sex? Like what? what's going on here uh yeah i feel like at this point they're trying to like 
Jake still obviously has a thing for Cassie, but like they're really leaning into it in this episode where I feel like we had a break from it for well, a little they bit. They lean hard. They lean hard. Yeah. And I feel like it's a little bit more of like what they did with Faye before. Like just turn it on and turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. Overemphasize a certain personality trait just for the fuck of it. But anywho, Jake's dying. Oh, he looks Chelsea's like showing. Too, just so you know. Yeah. Looks like he's constantly in pain, yada, yada. So uh, Cassie leaves after his smart-ass remark. Jake thinks he sees Calvin in a mirror. It's just Adam. Adam actually invites Jake along. Look at Adam go. I mean, Adam's, gotta... al- Adam's always great. Okay. I'm over him already. So we cut over then to, I keep calling them the trio now it's Faye, melissa diana they're at Lee's. they're gonna check his trunk they unlock it with their magic surprise there's no body damn it it's just a bunch of voodoo stuff uh, they start checking inside the car when very conveniently a cop shows up i was so confused by what was happening here me too because also like this isn't like they were breaking into a car on a busy street where it looks like very obvious they were breaking into a car. The car looks like it's on a private cul-de-sac. Yeah. It's and, not necessarily like, it's definitely still just like neighborhood roads and yeah. it's a block, but like, yeah, it's an empty street. There's literally no one around. And they're not and, like taking a baseball bat to it. They're literally just like opening it. Like they're looking for a jacket or something like. Yeah, it's fine. and they've literally been messing with it for like two minutes when this cop shows up and is like is this what you do yeah like i was like what is going on like i i was so utterly lost during all this that again i think i just didn't care because i was just like how the hell did we get here like yeah uh so to fix it all diana's like hey can i talk to you privately and she like in the background you can kind of hear bits and pieces of like oh she's an ex-girlfriend uh he's been missing or something like that we're just i don't hear the whole thing yeah Uh, we're just double checking to make sure things are okay like it was unlocked so it's not really breaking uh yada yada Faye and melissa though are having conversations still by lee's car she's not even acting sexy like how how are we not gonna go to jail if she's just talking to him so they magic a couple of her buttons to open up so now she's like full bra good cleavage hello cop and he's totally looking and then they cut to all three are in the back of the car i did find that low-key funny um but also like why why are you like detaining these three teenagers it's still following the same like dude that not much time has passed and this is just it's just a bunch of bullshit yeah like legitimately i feel like it like let's just say the cop lives in this neighborhood and is like what are you guys doing if me me today like or me as a teenager i suppose had been like look this is my ex-boyfriend's car it was open i'm just trying to get my stuff out from the back he said i could grab it no cop would be like that sounds suspicious like i i i don't have anything on me i'm not like 
looking super suspicious. I'm not like with a weird backpack or anything. It's just like, I feel like they'd be like, all right, like take your stuff and move on. And then we'd all move on with our lives. Like, I, I, this just, this seemed to like have escalated out of nowhere. And I was so confused. Just to add a little drama. That's it. That's it. Drama. Honestly, it's, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, so all three are in the back of the squad car. Faye blames Melissa. The cop is now inspecting Lee's car, though, for whatever fucking reason. And conveniently, Eva comes out then, finally. Uh, hey, the girls are released, though. Eva said it's chill. Big surprise. And then comes up with, uh, Faye and I both care about Lee. I understand how upset she feels. Like, of course I'm not going to let her get arrested for just following her feelings, basically. Uh, Faye's still convinced. Hey, like, he's gone. What'd you do to him? Uh, no, he took his motorcycle. That's why the car's still here that he loves so much. Duh. I forgot about the bike, though. Just a little extra plot point for you. I also, like, I, I literally just thought about this. If they wanted to do this weird little drama scene, which is, like, stupid as fuck, a good way to have tied it in is to be, like, the cop knows this car because we do know that Lee used to be a drug dealer. So it could just be he's, like, I know this car. He's, like, wanted or suspected for, like, dealing drugs or something, like what's your business with it because then it would make sense why he's like tracking it or like in the neighborhood but like it that none of that comes up so anyway i just thought about that i was like there was an easy fix here that could have been yeah just one or two lines but new that they didn't take um cw call me um anyway cut to adam cassie and jake who are back in the woods doing their weird truffle hunt uh it's it's gonna take them at least like six hours but this is the beginning of their trek their saga this episode's kind of boring um basically like they're wandering through the woods jake is like looking like he has 102 temperature and is just the walking death i had covid recently jade had covid recently he looks like us at our worst and Cassie's like maybe you should like sit down or like take a break like don't push yourself and he basically just starts being Jake so he's just like a jerk about how they like hooked up and he's like oh is that like what you said to him like what she like really like in the bed like Adam and I was like Um, oh my god Jake that cracked me up though because it's like (sighs) first no, I don't want to sit down. I don't want to miss out on this incredible bonding opportunity. And then he immediately comes with, oh, so, uh, you know, Adam, you popped your cherry. Tell me, how was your first time? Was it sweet and romantic? Or did little Miss Bad Witch bring her nasty game? And I fucking uh, died. Uh, yeah, uh, awkward, but oh, I really, I loved it just because I found it so out of the blue so out of the blue and it was hilarious i like who the fuck actually talks like that and i it's because he's feverish 
That's the point they're getting at. But oh, he's just he's just like Jake though. Like this is just what Jake does. He just says weird, disgusting shit like this constantly. Um, like this is what like this is basically all he said to Faye forever. Like that was most of their interactions for the beginning of meeting him was like him just like belittling her for yeah, sex. Well, two toxic um, people yeah, together that's are not a good combination. So he's just gross. And then Adam's like over it and just like kind of walks away. And Cassie's like helping him along. And this is where this is what we were talking about earlier, where Jake says, like, deep down, Cassie, you know it should be me and you. It's you and me all along. And I was like, where is this coming from, Jake? Like, you... no, sorry, sorry, Jake. We're out. Um, but I think it's supposed to be like an emotional moment of him like being vulnerable, but it's not. It's gross and disgusting and I hate it. Um, Cassie's kind of put off by it herself and just kind of like leaves him to start walking ahead too. Jake says he wants to stop to get a drink of water, opens up the backpack and finds uh, the jar spell slash witch cruet inside, starts flipping out and is like, did you put this in here? Did you know I'm not a witch hunter anymore? And he's like, throws it and is like, <laughs> losing his shit. They're on a huge tantrum. The, the best thing. <laughs> The best way I could describe it is like, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? <laughs> like, in the movie, not yeah, in the book. Not in the book. Like, in, in the iconic, horrible scene in the movie. Like, it's so over the top and stupid. <laughs> and Adam and Cassie are like, uh, what? And it's because it's not a witch crew. It's not a jar spell. It, it's just the water bottle. He's just hallucinating and losing his fucking marbles. And so he's like through the water bottle and is like heavily breathing and like freaking out. And I was like, oh, okay. I think we should leave him. Like, Whatever. He's not okay. But also like, I've brought this up before. This is like me kind of being mean. Um, the actor who plays Jake, I just don't think is a very strong actor. Sorry, Van, maybe you got better. Y you were young. It's not a great show. Um, but like, you could tell he really thought he was doing something here where he was like, oh, this is so powerful. And I was like, it's not. You're like just weirdly throwing a tantrum. Like, like I feel like he reminds me of a lot of us back in like freshman drama class. It was like it's a powerful scene look how angry i am and i was like yeah. all right bro sure 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 um yeah so that happens we cut back to the hospital with jane where she's like hanging out in her room watching a movie again i don't really know what this hospital is about but she seems like she's chilling and don and charles come to visit and are kind of like appeased because obviously the fact that she her memory seemed like very clear from the past uh, she believes them to still be friends with Amelia. So she like lets them in and says that Amelia is not here, but Amelia will be here shortly. And then they like sit down on her bedside and Charles pulls out the crystal they've been using. And he's like, kind of holds it in front of Jane's face as like, Jane will answer all our questions now. I don't really know what they're doing. I didn't really know what this was about, but 
magic. Yeah. Cool. Um, like editing the memory spell, sort of? I thought they were using it, it is- to figure out what Cassie asked. Yeah, but yeah. like, it seems like they're they're using it and so like they're gonna ask the hard questions but they're also kind of so she can tap into her recent memories but not remember them being there Mm -hmm. and it's just sort of that loophole is all i can assume from i i suppose it was never really clear very unclear uh cut away from this it's super quick random strange scene uh it's back in the woods where Jake is losing his fucking shit. And basically he starts seeing that Calvin's following him. Again, the man he murdered. And like Jake starts like freaking out and yelling at him as Calvin is like, I'm excited to be here to watch you die after you watched me die. But then we keep like flipping um, to different points of view. So Calvin is actually just Adam. And Adam's just trying to get, like, Jake to, like, keep walking, basically. And Jake is just losing his shit, as in his head, Calvin is, like, taunting him for his murder. And is just like, ha, 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 they never wanted you anyway. True. And then Jake starts attacking Calvin slash actually attacking Adam. They go, like, flying into the woods. And Jake gets the upper hand and starts choking Adam. Cassie goes running after them and is about to use her magic to get Jake off of Adam and like stop this. And Adam like yells at her not to intervene. Don't use her magic because she's not supposed to. She's on cold turkey right now. She she's basically in AA right now. So like, don't do it. And basically uh, just tells Cassie to focus on him so that he can use circle magic himself. And uses that to throw Jake off of him and, like, into a tree. Which kind of gets Jake kind of dazed, though he's still, like, losing his shit. And Jake goes scurrying back over to Cassie, where they're like, what the fuck? Holy shit. But they both do realize, uh, yeah, Jake totally murdered Calvin. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Nothing like a guilty conscience when you're feverish. Right? To really, really come out, especially when you start uh, hallucinating. Hardcore. Uh, Cut back to the abandoned house. What? I was so confused. Uh, John's there with Melissa and Diana. Okay. Uh, I guess John is prepping the rest of the elixir off of the plants and stuff like they have there. And Melissa is like helping him kind of like pick some of the plants. And he's like, oh, I'm surprised it grows in this environment. She's like, oh, yeah, Nick was really into plants. And he told me to keep a UV light on it at night. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, but I guess he's just very digital- diligent. He taught her some things. Also, fun fact, uh, this is a costas root, which is a real plant uh it's like very indian south asia as far as i know but um i mean herbal medicine so not supported by doctors and stuff like that you never really know exactly but apparently it's really good for um keeps nematodes away so parasites like that and um 
just kind of helps out your guts fun fact for you but yeah so it's like that very Holland. more subtropical climate yeah and the fact that they're in washington northern washington yeah and the fact that melissa's like oh yeah i keep a uv on light on it at night so it's simulated tropics oh smart all right look well, at you putting in the work right i i hope they also have like a mister or something um but sure there's a little more to it than that you know yeah whatever <laughs> totally i've I've killed many a plants um but yeah so melissa is just like yeah i don't know i'm good at this stuff and uh diana says that she'll go like get some other ingredient or something she's like there for like yeah ashes that's it she's like literally there for no reason and um john i forgot his name for a second there starts using a mortar and pestle to like grind i think some of the roots or some other ingredient up and Melissa's like, oh, you should use a coffee grinder. It will go way faster. And he's like, oh my goodness, you're a genius. And it's like, you're so inventive. You no, know, you remind me a lot of your mother. She loved you so much. And I was like, this is awkward as shit. I bet he fucked her. Oh my God. Could you not <laughs> say it like that? But yeah, she showed me uh, plants and medicinal uses. And then, and I also know that you met the world to her. Those yeah. are the only two things I know about your mom, is what he <laughs> basically says. Basically, that's all I know about her, but I bet they slept together, and I was like, oh. Um, also, a fun fact for everyone who is like, oh my god, I never thought of using a coffee grinder. Uh, you can use a coffee grinder. There's also herb grinders out there that are, like, similar, but also hand-based, like but it's, like, more prongy, I guess, like, blade-like. Um, a lot of times, why in preparations for spells and potions you do use a mortar and pestle is because the direction in which you grind it shows intention so if you like ground it using like a clockwise motion or a counterclockwise motion it's supposed to like affect uh the intention of the ingredient so if you want to like speed that up or you're like mass using stuff you can definitely use like electronics or just herb grinders but on some spells, it is wiser to use a mortar and pestle. That's my point. Uh, yeah, I hadn't actually heard, I guess, specifically of counterclockwise versus clockwise type intention, but you are spot on about the fact that you're putting an effort and you're watching it happen. You're thinking about what you're going to use that ingredient for. That's pouring in the intention in general, too which does help create more of a a steady spell usually. Yep. So. I've always kind of heard and researched a little bit that like um, most of the time you grind or bless or do anything in a clockwise motion because it's like similar with like following an elemental compass, like you would go clockwise. But if you're trying to do like a reversal spell or an unbinding or something, you're going to want to go counterclockwise because you're trying to break. the cycle of energy instead of connecting it basically so i am left-handed so i usually do things opposite than most people so that's probably also why i never paid attention to that because that probably is yeah yeah um but i was thinking about that when melissa's like you know you could just use a coffee grinder and i was like shut up 
there's a yeah there's a purpose to a word yeah (laughs) i was like let me use a mortar and pestle there's a reason people still use them today like i don't know i got weirdly defensive with my mortar and pestle for like no reason to this decade old show but that's it that's the scene where i was offended um we cut back to the woods again and now it's like night (laughs) they've been in the woods for hours upon hours and oh my god cassie and jake found the root finally yeah it's in the tree you described also i did find it funny that all these woodcuts were mostly just like dealing with jake no one is like actively checking trees like this is the first tree that they've like bent down and like scraped at the basin like they've gone past so many trees where they're just like not that one and i was like i bet you guys really fucked this up like i bet this would have been way easier if you guys had actually been checking trees instead of like babysitting jake but whatever so they found the root they start harvesting it uh cassie is pretty damn pissed that like jake murdered calvin and feels low-key responsible because calvin was supposed to help her with something and that's why like jake targeted him in the first place because the witch hunters didn't want her to be aware and she's like oh my god it's all my fault adam reassures her it's not her fault it it's jake's fault jake is the one who murdered him accurate um and that she can't feel guilty for it especially not right now they have too many other things to worry about and like calvin's death is not on her it's on jake and the witch hunters and this seems to reassure cassie as then she admits that she's really glad adam stopped her from using her magic earlier because it seems to be getting easier and easier for her to slip up which is not a good sign uh he kind of like again reassures her and it's just like of course and they just harvest the root adam once again gets cheesy as fuck adam's cheesy as fuck in this episode that's coming for me you and me are stronger than the dark magic we're stronger than any of this our love will overcome the curse basically you've been in the woods forever like just (laughs) shut the fuck up and let's do this are you not tired and over this job at this point like yeah anywho thankfully though cuts over to Faye is at Lee's with a flashlight in the shop the voodoo shop the voodoo emporium the whatever studio studio sorry voodoo studio makes it sound cooler than it is it really does (laughs) She finds his motorcycle, though. And suddenly Eva's there, like a fucking creep. I know. She goes she, up out of nowhere. She's a Halloween scare monster. Like, I was like, what she the really fuck? Is. Uh, hey, get away from that. Uh, well, so what happened here, Eva? Tell me. Oh, you don't want to talk to me? Fine, I'll go get that cough from earlier. I think he lives in the neighborhood. That's all I can think. Like, he's just around. Um, then. Uh, I'm going to say that's probably our only explanation because he was just way too into it otherwise. Eva magics the door closed. And then Faye's surprised that she... You have magic? Are you a witch? No, I'm not a witch. Um, 
Hey, you didn't think she had magic before? I'm like, sure. I know the glass, you didn't see it just floating over and smashing, but didn't you see her using magic before? I was really confused about this as well at first. I don't think Faye has ever seen her use magic. I think she assumed that Eva literally like picked up the glass and threw it at her. Yeah, that one I can, that's fine. Her back was turned, but I thought like in a previous episode, she had seen at least one use of Eva using magic. I think Lee was the only one who knew. Must have been. Yeah, I I was also a little confused by this. But I, I think that's accurate because the few times she's met Eva, Eva has either, either been like Stefford White girlfriend or like really creepy and uh, threatening. Yeah. But I don't think any of, the, but all those times were either around me or in public. So I don't think she ever used her magic. Okay. Well, anywho. Uh, so you're not a witch. Oh, wait, Lee gave you my power. And Eva immediately, not everything is about you. Eva, shut the fuck up. I was also She's explaining things. I was also like kind of confused about this because yeah, Eva's immediately like so like, why is this about you? And I was like, Eva, chill. Um, but also I phrased it as Faye hypothesizes this is what happens because she technically yes she yeah. she is but like she's very certain about it and she's yeah. right on she so. it turns out she's right on i was i didn't believe her and that's a me problem but this is a hypothesis okay uh Faven explains you know he had the two totems one he gave Faye, one he gave, put under eva's bed something else happens there was a lot so uh, he broke one but the transfer of the power is probably why he actually ran. And then Eva just focuses on, oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Oh, so I was about to say, this, this I actually did grasp on too. Because I, as much as I was like, this is a weird hypothesis, I did want to try to follow it. Because I, I'm curious about shit like this. Um, yeah, her hypothesis, to be tested as a scientist, um, is that he built the two totems, which would cycle her power through Eva. And then when she caught him, he broke hers, but that basically kept any magic that was in the cycle stuck in Eva. Yeah. So she obviously has sort of like this idea in the back of her head, but it's not fleshed out yet. Mm -mm. And it won't fully get fleshed out until later. So yeah, she explains the totems. Hers broke. That must be why he ran. Eva focuses in on uh, your wish, like a bona fide witch. Well, maybe you can help me make things right. And then Eva shows her Lee's body, which, of course, freaks out Faye. Valid. insane. She really is. Because, like, uh, she is just has Lee's corpse, like, on, like, laid out on a bed in the other room and she's the bed that she was in and she's had his corpse now for like probably like a week i'm assuming something like that i think yeah she's just several days for sure well yeah uh and then she immediately also latches on to (laughs) well since it was your magic that did it then Faye, you can fix it 
no Faye's very adamant i can't bring people back from the dead this it's not was, how that works this was I, an excellent Faye monologue i'm not gonna lie it was uh you know i cheat at cards and i can unlock stuff and yada yada I, but, I did like that where she was like, I unlock things. I can summon rain. I can break into a locker and I use most of it to cheat at cards. Like I'm not God. And I liked that. I was like, Faye, the humility. I dig it. This is like the first time we've seen Faye very self-aware that she's like, I'm a con artist. I'm not a deity. Yes. And I liked it. I, it was I good. dug it uh eva starts to like suck the life out of Faye, like she did to lee yeah yeah stops okay i won't do it but you're gonna have to help me bring lee back because yeah eva i just actually i don't even have a good response eva's just fucking she's just like a super pendulum all over the place and it's just she's definitely psycho she's not well she is not a well human being because she definitely is like swinging between i love you and i'm sad and i'm a little thing that needs help and i am a powerful human being who will fucking destroy you and there's like no in between it's, I didn't do it. Your power did. Yeah, it, so there's you have to fix it. No responsibility, but there is threat in both. Like when she like plays the victim, it's not better than when she's playing the blackmailer. Like they're both equally dangerous. And she's just she's not okay. No. Like, I was this whole time i was like were you my apologies were you always this crazy um or is this new seems like at least a little bit because i mean yeah because lee didn't seem phased by it he was like this is who she is and i was like and you wanted this like yeah it's a little extreme maybe but like obviously it was still kind of there because she's not speaking to her family before she od'd on this drug and she must have done a ton of it and been like a quote-unquote party girl on before leading up to the od so i'm also like loki confused why she was using this drug um because like the only people we know who's used it have been like Melissa and Faye and it's because it like kind of affected their powers and it was like kind of fun if if you're not magical is what is it what does it do um Calvin Calvin Callum uh explained it like at the very beginning and I was also trying to think of that but I don't have my notes still and I didn't really care enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, it just like it still gives you like a rush, makes you feel stronger. But if you have actual magic, then it gives you a little bit more extra boost on that feeling of your actual magic. So it depends on the user. But like mortals, I, it's totally can use it and it's fine. I think that's why in the past episodes, when everyone seemed surprised that Eva had powers, I was really confused because I always assumed Eva was a witch because she was like using this drug so often which seemed to be like predominantly used by spellcasters 
Um, but I, I was just kind of like, oh, I was just like, oh, I, I guess she didn't have power. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this brought back up again where I was just like, who are you? Has a quick cutaway. We'll get to it later because it doesn't matter right now. We're going to get back into in the episode. Okay, in that case, I'm going to say it because there's one line I like about it. Go for it. Adam helps Jake upstairs at the old house. John can't guarantee that the elixir will save him. Cassie still thanks him for his guidance. And then John's like, there's something you need to know. Very ominous-like. And then we fucking cut away. And I just love that one line of, oh, what are you going to confess there, John? I suddenly actually need to know because I know you have so many fucked up secrets. I thought it was something way more uh, dramatic than it was. Just so you guys yeah, know. I was same. I thought he was going to reveal his other child. I thought you were going to no. reveal his other child too! Oh god! <laughs> I was also like, is this it? Are you going to admit that Jake is your son? Are you like going to be like, yes! look, look, girl, like, I, Jake's losing it and he's y- screaming about how much he loves you don't fuck up he's your brother like <laughs> that's what i thought too it's not it's not that but like god i thought it was gonna be that like i got so excited and then i was immediately crashed which is why i was like this scene didn't matter to me after that like i yep. would have left it out because i got too into it and then hurt <laughs> it's funny though we're on the same page i like that i uh, we could write the show is what i'm saying <laughs> Put us in the writer room, CW. Like, we could make it good. (laughs) Uh, Cuts over back to Bane Eva are with Lee's body. Faye is, hey, okay, so we need to be on one of us on either side of the bed. On either side of his body is what she says. Uh, Are you sure that will work? You said this was impossible. Eva, you're the one forcing her to do shit, like, I, calm your tits i did the, i did like this scene though it was funny <laughs> yeah i like how Faye's like well that was just my lack of self-confidence talking and i gave myself a pep talk so now we're good because <laughs> <laughs> the pep talk is like she was like i can't do it i won't do it that's not what i should do and then basically eva's like then i'll murder you and then she was like never mind i could do it and she's like why are you saying now you could do it? And I was like, Eva, you're insane. Like, you don't even realize you're blackmailing her. Like, you're threatening her. And she's like, yeah, I just gave myself a little pep talk. The pep talk was I almost died. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I got a good chuckle out of it. I was like, oh, hey. Eva's not smart. It's basically what I'm getting. Th- this and is then on the top pension. of that, she's extra psycho now. Like, yeah. it's not a good combination. You're, you're right, though, that pendulum, because it seems like she, like, has forgotten that she threatened Faye. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, it's crazy. <sighs> yeah, this whole time, by the way, in my notes, I have, I rarely name Lee, and that's, like, kind of on purpose, because I think it makes this more fucked up on how Eva is. So I just say, back to Faye with Eva, and oh, yeah, the corpse. And like, I'm like, Eva leads her to a room with a corpse laying on a bed. And I'm like, yeah, this is like, this is messed up. Yeah. I just, I wanted to say that in my notes, I recognize that. Yeah, so I really like that. Nope, I gave myself a pep talk. So we're good now. And 
Eva looks at her suspiciously, like, again, come on, Eva. It's your fault. Everybody's in this. Stop being such an idiot. Uh, so they got to place their hands on the bed, close their eyes, and they got to really concentrate. And, oh, Faye finds the totem still under the bed. So now it seems like she's getting more into her sort of thought out idea of earlier. Oh, it has to do with the two totems. That's why she has Faye's power, yada, yada. Um, Faye is sort of trying to distract Eva. So we got to do this chant, Memento Moriton, which Eva fucks up a couple of times, but it's like, no, you got to say it right. Otherwise it doesn't work. Um, fun fact translates to remember they die, which is lovely. I thought I recognized it. Like I didn't look it up. Cause I, again, assumed you would, cause that's yeah. your place in the show. Let's be real. Um, I was like, Jade's got this, but I was like, I feel like I've heard that before. And I think it's in the Adams family. So Memento Mori is very common. Yeah. And I think it's in the Adams family. They say that a lot. And I was like, it has something to do with like, remember we all die or something. Yeah, that too. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't remember, but I was like, it's like, remember like in death or something. Yeah. So Memento Mori, I don't remember the exact translation, but it, it's meant to be remember, like we all die. Yeah. Remember death. It's like, you're not going to escape it. Um, so apparently this version though remember they die anywho Solid. fun fact uh Faye is now gripping the totem oh wait a minute I forgot oh, I'm sorry I'm stupid of me we need candles do you have candles like it's not gonna work right without the candles I mean solid argument you always need a candle never hurts <laughs> when in doubt grab a candle what when in doubt always just have a bunch of white candles a dude uh also, this is just a quick tip for witches right now. Um, about once a year or so to like a few months, Trader Joe's will bring out their like white pillar candles for like their emergency kit candles. They're like two bucks each and they're just like unscented white pillar candles. Stock up, my friends. I own like four and I was there like last week and I was like, I should get more. And I didn't and I regret it, but I'm going back this weekend now. I'm like, stock up on so many more white candles they're so cheap and they last so long and they're unscented it's beautiful so do it um i actually really like to use the really thin uh menorah candles those are great too yeah yeah because like they burn so nicely with the beeswax and i just have a tiny little holder and i just feel like they're perfect because i never use them long and they last like just the perfect amount so I, I mean, I have a menorah, I'm not Jewish, but like, I still kind of like Hanukkah for a lot of reasons. I know we, we've had you over for Hanukkah before. No, Flora's had you over. Yeah. That. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like one of my very early experiences was, uh, for Christmas, they did a streets of Jerusalem, this one church oh. where they took over like four city blocks and all in and it was literally early jesus but guess what jesus was jewish so i learned dreidel i learned all about the menorah i learned all about latkes and 
all of that jazz. Vodkas are delicious, let me oh. tell you. And I literally just bought myself, I gorged myself on knishes this past week. Um, but I always forget you have a menorah because I also have a menorah. Uh, fun fact, I bought mine at a thrift store uh, in the hometown where we are from. I October when it was out with the Halloween decorations because our town does not oh. know what a menorah is. Um, fun fact, my menorah is from Nikki. Oh, is it the porcelain one? Yes. Okay. I was like, because I had an old porcelain one. I replaced it with the one I got at the thrift store because I like it more. Um, but I was like, I honestly thought that porcelain one was still in my childhood bedroom. I gave it to you. How lovely. I am so glad that it gets use. I am sorry. I yeah, forgot I gave it Because like, that. I had a menorah as, I was, as a kid because I was still very fascinated with the streets of Jerusalem that I had as a child. And uh, I just, I fucking love dreidel. Like, always love dreidel. Um, We're gamblers at heart. Let's be real. Yeah. This podcast, like, dude, I've been playing poker since I was like four. And then they were like, on high holidays, you get to gamble. And I was like, hell yeah. It's religious um, gambling. Yeah. And also, like, just, I love that you've just spin a top and that's the game changes hands like yeah. what what kind of a game is that i love it i used it. to get in so much trouble in elementary school because i would gamble with kids using dreidels or cards because they had um cards for like indoor rainy days i had like so many sets of dreidels because they're cheap as shit so i just like had a set in my backpack so i taught other kids in like third grade how to play dreidels and we'd like gamble like our desserts like our lunch desserts are like our chips and oh my god the amount of time teachers like were like you can't gamble and I was like it's a game it is a religious game <laughs> yeah I honestly think the reason I was never like thrown in the principal's office is because they did not want an anti-semitic like suit on their hands uh, fascinating i really think i accidentally played the system there for like an eight-year-old uh but yeah i was i was a bona fide gambler which is hilarious because i don't actually like going to casinos i only like gambling among like friends and family oh yeah it's definitely yeah. way more fun that way yeah um anywho so wait anywho, we need stock candles up, stock up on candles <laughs> bottom line uh menorah candles and trader joe's they're killing it right now like go go grab them uh eva's like candles what do like really candles are gonna do it <laughs> Faye, very brilliantly do you want to save lee or no like come on so eva snaps to it uh Faye takes this opportunity to actually like pull out the totem from under the bed but eva immediately catches her Oh, you lying little bitch. There is no spell, is there? Again, this is what I mean by like Eva's a haunted house villain. Like she legitimately leaves the room and like there's a couple beats. And then like Faye's like, okay, and pulls the toe out and looks up and Eva's just there. And I'm like, how is she doing this? Like, she goes to the dresser, like the other end of the room. That was all she did. I thought she fully exited. I thought she like left the room. No, because you can still kind of see like the bed okay sort of i still like the idea that eva's a like haunted house villain i mean i'm still down with that (laughs) yeah because she's creepy as fuck we have team rocket in the haunted house uh 
there's no spell. You just wanted this. And Faye pushes her and fucking books it. Fair. Like, reasonable. What do you do with the fucking psycho clown? Run. Faye also has no magic gear. Like, she's just a person. Hanging out with this person who has a corpse laid out for days. Yeah, it's it's not even awake. Yeah, it's it's running from a serial killer at that point. It's like, what do you do? This is your opportunity. Get the fuck out. Like, uh, Eva catches up, throws her across the voodoo shop. They tussle. Faye actually does end up getting the totem again, and she breaks it just like the original one was broken, and like like a wave just washes over Eva what's happening what's going on like it at first it seems like she's like blacked out this whole time and it does actually seem like every time she uses magic she blacks out is kind of what it feels like but that's a shitty excuse so I'm not gonna give him that I agree I was very confused by this I I said uh the totem breaks and Eva becomes instantly confused I don't know if I trust it and I don't know what this means. Yeah. But then she goes on to say, like, I can feel that there's no power there. So obviously it's not totally clueless, but they they really seem to play that way at first. And it just I don't get it. And it's weird. Yeah. I also still like did not trust Eva here, where she's like, the power's gone. I was like, is it? Yeah. Like, uh, I don't and then she's also super remorseful. I didn't mean to kill Lee. Like, thank you for finally recognizing that you did actually kill him, but. But Eva's also really good at playing the victim of like, oh my God, I didn't mean for it to happen. Like, or like, I didn't know this was happening. I love you. And I was like, I honestly, like, I, I don't trust this situation, but like Faye, I would get the fuck out. Like I would, there is like at any moment, I'm like, she's going to turn Mm-hmm. Well, and, and then Faye does leave and she successfully is able to leave so yeah. win I don't trust that Eva's still out there though like if I was Faye I would have like ran out and called the cops and been like there's a girl have... with a corpse in a room like yeah I'd have called the circle over and like let's say this isn't a job for the circle let's say she is completely powerless call the cops because I don't think she'll stop here Thankfully, though, we then cut over to back to the old house. The elixir is done. Let's break this curse. Hey, guess what? The big secret that John led up to the last time we had that brief moment. Nothing fun. It's just that, hey, Cassie and Adam have to drink the elixir, not Jake. They're the ones that cause the trouble. They're the ones that have to drink it to fix it. Super disappointing. Uh, and this lethe root um it's not a real plant i wanted to save it till now fun fact lethe lethe i think it's technically called lethe uh it's referring to that river in hades in greek mythology that makes you forget about your real life like if you dip into its waters you forget so okay then goes to explain because of the lethe root um we'll still have memories of all our time together but it's gonna make us forget our love for each other like we'll have the memories but it's not gonna have that same mad love attached to it there'll be no feelings attached to it is kind of the point uh adam's very against it but cassie's very much like we're not gonna let jake die 
just to be together like this. Let Jake. Like, we can't do this. <laughs> That's what Adam says, too. But you know what? I know. I like Adam. <laughs> Adam continues to change his position. Like, okay, fine. We won't let Jake die. But I swear, this elixir, like, my love for you is so strong. The elixir just won't totally make me forget my love for you. And they make out and then they drink it. I do like, like his words here were actually sweet. Cause like we said, he's been corny as hell in this episode. I admit that usually I defend his corniness, but this episode was a little rough, but he does say, even if he drinks the elixir, um, he swears to you, he swears to Cassie here and now that I won't forget. And if I do forget, I promise it won't be for long. Yeah. And it, that one kind of hit me where I was like, okay, that was, that was actually good. That was a nice, like little. No, like tragedy cheesy as fuck but it, it had a bit of tragedy in it where i was All like right. okay i like this like this this is nice so like morning now jake's okay grateful to john for his help and jake doesn't believe that he was worth the sacrifice of adam and cassie like erasing their relationship just to save his life and John reminds him that he matters. And even after killing, he Jake then admits that he did kill Calvin. Freely admits, not under the duress of fever. Uh, he killed Calvin. And John is like, hey, well, you know, basically people change. Like, I'm a shitty person too. Don't hold it against yourself. I like this scene, also hated this scene, because again i don't think jake's the best actor but it did seem like this was a scene i could have liked jake in where it is a very him putting everything down where he finally admits everything he's done and it is his fault and john who is the worst isn't seemingly seeing jake in this scene this feels very um narcissistic where it's like Jake is very vulnerable and obviously needs like a personal connection but John is like you can't say you're bad right now because if you admit to all this are vulnerable and I agree that you're a bad person that makes me a bad person I refuse to admit I'm a bad person I'm a good person so you have to be a good person because that reflects that I'm a good person and I was like oh oh Yeah, I felt also there was a little bit more of, like, John's planning something with this. Yeah. Uh, Because, like, I thought he puts his arm around Jake's shoulders and it's so awkward. Again, I was like, like, is he your son? What's going on? I was like, are you trying to be a father? Like, (laughs) is this a subtle hint or what's going on here? We are fully committed that Jake, at the very least, if he's not, should be the, the second sibling. like fully committed cannot wait for the final reveal it better be actually revealed uh so then we cut away Cass wakes up in Adam's arms on her couch in her house uh you know both feel weird basically bottom line their mad love is gone Adam is like I feel like he he thinks of Cassie as like one of the bros now is kind of how it feels like yeah like it's good memories and 
I definitely want to like hang out with you and like watch Game of Thrones some more with you. And See you next summer, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I do like how they describe what's happening because this this was a confusing elixir to me. I was like, I don't really know how this thing is supposed to work. Where um, Adam describes that he just doesn't feel nervous around her anymore. Oh, like yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not nervous for how she feels. He's not or nervous how he acts and he's not nervous for what the future holds. He feels like fine. Yeah, he's not worrying that he's if he's good enough for her or anything like that. He's just He's just chill just chilling and cassie says that it's like watching a movie that you know what happens and you saw it happen but in the end it wasn't anything that affects you yeah it wasn't real yeah and i was like oh that's actually a really good way to describe this like yeah and i just wanted to call it out because i was like oh that's actually really good you guys like Thank you, because yeah. I didn't write it down, and that is actually good. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. That's why I wanted to write it down, because I wanted to call it out. That for once, they described how the magic worked. Oh, okay. And it worked beautifully. Like, uh, So then yeah. Adam has Game of Thrones to... plug was also weird. Yeah. <laughs> Dated. Um, Adam has to go open the boathouse felt very forced like really come on like he didn't even check the time or anything like that like he's just gonna go leave to open the boathouse Mm but okay uh leans in for a kiss to kiss her cheek and she obviously thought it was like a regular kiss said it's awkward and then as soon as he leaves cassie starts like freaking out uh we cut away right at this moment to faye recapped what happened with eva to melissa and diana and they have a cute friendship moment like i feel like that's all that actually really happens it's it's adorable and i love it like i weirdly love this trio now i'm like you guys are a squad and i adore you yeah they're they're building up quite well i i agree but it's it's nothing special besides it's just a cute tightening of the friendship which is funny because i do think it is a really good emotional relationship like arc we've seen built between these three and cassie's not a part of it foreshadowing yeah it's just it's very weird to me because i feel like most of the times you know in shows and stuff when you build up like the girl gang uh your main protagonist is usually like a part of it and this time she's she's just not (laughs) she's just not hanging with the girls um, but I did like it. It was sweet. And I'm glad that like Mel, Melissa, Diana, and Faye are, are, are getting through this. Cause also like Faye just had to hang out with a corpse for a while. She, she's seen some shit. Poor little Faye. Uh, cut to like later that night. It is like a hard cut to hours have gone by where uh, John comes back to Cassie's house and finds Cassie just crying in front of the fireplace she's just fallen and she admits that she still feels and remembers everything the elixir didn't work so finding out that it worked on adam but not on her was absolutely heartbreaking yes that's exactly how i felt too yeah that that sucks i didn't think i would care so much but i did and i did too i was like oh oh that does hurt so 
Um, John kind of like hugs her and tries to reassure her and says it must be because like Cassie's so powerful that like it just didn't go through her system like it did through Adam. But also John like hugs her and we like cut to this weird like shot of him where his like eyes are open and he's like staring at nothing. And I was like, this is a suspicious ass hug. Suspicious ass hug. Um, He reassures her and says that, you know, you don't know what will happen. Maybe you and Adam will find your way together again, or maybe it's all for the best. And I was like, what? Yeah. What? She is tragically heartbroken right now man like get her some her eyes out to her practically non-existent dad (laughs) all i could think and i know she's underage but i was like get this girl a glass of rosé like get her a blanket like (laughs) help this girl out um but he tries to reassure her and basically at the end cassie just asks to be alone like she just can't deal with anyone right now and he obliges uh cut to strangely jane in the hospital no yeah. one saw that one coming jane's so jane in her bed jane's asleep at, in her little hospital room at night and there's like a shadowy figure in the doorway and then as like they walk in farther we find out it's charles my other weird favorite <laughs> um he like kind of starts whispering talking to her because she's asleep and tells her not to be alarmed it's it's fine like she has nothing to worry about i think she starts to wake up at this point too i think she's like who are you came in the room yeah and he's like don't worry it's just me um you have nothing to worry about jane i'm gonna make you all better and when i make you better and i help you you can help me and together we're going to destroy John Blackwell. And I support this plan. Solid plan. Yes. It's a Talk solid plan. I want to see Jane get to team up with someone and do something. I want her to be better, but this is just ridiculous. I think he's actually going to like return her, like, like reverse the spell. No. No way, because then if he does, she's going to remember all the shitty things he did, and she's not going to help him. So he's going to try and edit it, I'm sure, but it's already a touchy subject. Here's the thing. I think he's going to try to reverse it and pin it on Don. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I don't know. I'm very curious, though. This, like, as much as it's like, this is a surprise scene, I'm curious to see what happens with it. This one was, like, had my most interest. Uh, Cut back to John leaving Cassie's house. He's walking back out on the street when Dawn, remember her, of all people, approaches him. And she's like, what the fuck, John? I know Jane. I know everyone here. There's no inner family curse. This is all fucking bullshit. Yeah, Amelia would have told me if there was. Yeah, like, and she's like, you showed up. And you said you have no powers and I immediately did not believe you. So how much magic were you using to manipulate Jane to tell her what she wanted to hear and to make this all come true? And yeah, he just like, he admits it. He's like, yeah, I used my magic to uh, psychologically control Jane. I killed all the crows. I'm the one who's been torturing Jake all day. It's been me. (laughs) 
He has enough magic to uh, fake a curse because uh, he doesn't want Cassie and Adam to be together. So, yes, I did like how he phrases his reasoning where she's just like, why would you do all this just to break up your daughter from some boy? And he says, there's no curse, but Starcross seems real. Ethan and Amelia meant to run away together and sacrifice everything for their love and they're the reason our circle was destroyed i can't risk the same thing happening with cassie yeah so basically yeah his fear is that they were going to be so in love that the rest of the circle would die for their yeah and theirs is actually bound so it's a little bit more dagger to the heart literally could kill them if something fucks up their circle and then uh he says you know ethan left the boat that day because he and amelia were running away together like if they had stayed and the circle did their magic together boat fire never would have happened everybody would have been saved like if you work together it's fine but since they just wanted to be on their own, their own secret love. Domino effect. Everything got fucked. Uh, but yeah, John has enough magic to make this curse, do all these little things all day, etc. But he doesn't have enough magic to protect Cassie from the witch hunters. So cue elaborate villain plan. Right? A cue our villain and his insanity. So he then kind of like says to Dawn that the circle is all Cassie has to protect her and that the hunters are back and they destroyed his circle and that's also because Amelia and Ethan were willing to give up everything for each other and he couldn't risk that again so the hunters are back this time but also they have magic so there's someone working with them and he still doesn't know who until he can find that out he can't trust anyone and basically the hunters are like 10 times as dangerous. Yep. Uh, Dawn kind of makes a point where she's like, well, tell me how you got your magic back. Like, tell me what we're going to do, or I'm going to turn you into Cassie and I'm going to tell her everything. And he basically just threatens her right back and is like, you don't want me as an enemy, Dawn. And you know that. So touche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she swears she had no idea about the hunters being back, let alone them having magic, but John's just like, keep your shit in line, otherwise you'll have to deal with me. Yeah, like, I have magic, you don't, and it's super obvious, and you thirsty as shit for magic, so stay off it, like, is kind of the point. this scene. Honestly. This whole thing between Don and John? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was was good. I was definitely stalking him, and then just the reveal that he does in fact have magic and he's the one being like just being fucking Loki mm-hmm. and gallivanting all around with his little tricks. Oh, I don't know. No, it's I, just so sad. I agree. This was hear. a good scene. This also reinforces um, that I still think Jake is his son. When he was like, I've been the one who's been agonizing Jake all day. I'm like, because he's your kid and you feel like you have the right to yeah like you know like because i i i don't know i feel like he is that type of villain where it's like you are my child i have the right to use you as i see fit 
but like strangers like yeah he'll like do shit to them but it's not as it's not in this personal way I don't know it, it just like I felt very reinforced by that where I was like yeah you felt fine agonizing Jake because he's your kid like it's he should get over it like if you did it to like I don't know I'm, I'm like Don who I don't think is yeah it's a daughter well, I think like a old mentality of gotta toughen them up yeah that kind of thing and like even at the end when he did the weird arm thing and was like that's in your past you got to get over it like I was like well yeah because you've been torturing him all day so he's like this is the past now we can't like we can't sit on this I still think it's Jake I have a strong like booklet of this is Jake and if at the end it turns out to be like fucking Melissa I'm gonna like throw something I am with you there I I do think it's Jake because like Jake's been overprotective of Cassie and we play it like it's uh he's just super in love with her but it could totally be like a sibling love and John is very encouraging of that and like that big brother syndrome I could also see John being like weird into them like being incestual for like magical reasons where he's like yeah like we gotta keep yeah like you know like yeah I can see it but also I'm hoping no I, I'm also God hoping damn. no, but I feel like that's like another contention where I'm just like, it works why John's like, they can't be together. I got to get my kids together to like keep the magic. Like to be like a weird, creepy, like black from like Harry Potter. Keep the bloodline. Yeah, here. we're bringing up like a lot of Harry Potter this episode, but like, yeah, just like the, like the blacks. Like, I'm just like, oh my God, he's, he's that kind of creepy where it's like, this is your cousin, marry them. And I'm like, ah um yeah I just I fully think it's Jake I I am I am in that camp you can't get me out of it like and that's gonna end up to like fucking dawn and I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking lose it well five more episodes to go so we'll see I'm sorry there's still one more scene yeah let's wrap up this episode first so we, we wrap up this scene, which is a good scene. And then we cut back to Cassie, who's obviously still like very defeated and sad. And she's getting ready for bed. And she's kind of like crawls into her little bed, all sad and sorrowful. How many synonyms do I know for that word? And she stares up at what we have noted multiple times before in the show, which are the glow and dark uh, stars on her ceiling. And they start to do that thing where they like twinkle and move and become the actual night sky, which is kind of what they did before she found her book, but also seems weirdly symbolic for the whole star-crossed things where it's like you and Adam are written in the stars. So she like sees that, like gives a sad smile and like falls asleep and we end the episode. And that's the episode, folks. A lot of it was boring. Ooh, yeah, see, I really, I like the beginning because the start of the curse was interesting i do actually really like that eva drove me nuts because she just again the pendulum but seeing faye deal with all of that was interesting mm-hmm. um and honestly seeing faye be creative on her own is always interesting when we're not forcing weird personality traits on her I agree. I, think, I always, yeah. I always like it when we put Faye in a position of like leadership or responsibility. So that was even uh, the Valentine's episode that I said, like, I really 
was it the Valentine's? Yeah, the episode I really liked where they did the slumber party and like Melissa and Diana are just like high off their, off, off their minds, out of their minds. And so like Faye is kind of having to be the adult the whole time. And it's like, it's kind of cute to see on her where she's just like, what is, okay, you two need to go like drink some water. And I was just like, this is like a nice like Faye thing I like to see. It's like her like being a leader and being good at it. She is sort of a natural. Yeah. So I liked that here too, where it was like, she, she obviously didn't get a huge leadership position, but she got an independent position. And I think that she thrives very well in that position. I like to see her in that. Yeah. When she puts the effort forward. Yeah. Surprisingly great. Yeah. I, I mean, we've had an on and off love of Faye because I think when they do Faye right, she's fantastic. And then when they don't know what to, what to do with Faye, they're like, I don't know. She's fucking Jake now. And it's just like, why? Yeah. They force a bunch of personality traits just to make a scene or a show happen. And it's, that's always stupid. And it's awful. But yeah. Yeah. She was good. I like, uh, love John Blackwell at the end there. I think because probably because I like that scene at the very end too, it wrapped it up on a good note for me. So overall, not a bad episode. Again, it's, top no, five, not necessarily top three, but it was good. It's not a terrible episode by any means. I think I think you were right. I think the middle just drags so much. And the fact that I just dislike Jake so much, I felt like there wasn't like stakes for me for a lot of this. Because a lot of this is like, oh, well, they should save Jake. Like, And, and I was like, no, they shouldn't. Like, I don't care. He's terrible. And I, I don't care what they decide to do with him. I just hope he like, isn't here. Um, but I, I think that's coming from like a, my position, which just added to the neutrality seemingly of the episode where I was just like, I mean, sure. Save Jake. Don't save Jake. Do what you want. Like, I did like the uh, Faye Eva stuff. I think I was more invested in that because I was like, oh my God, Eva's just insane. Like she she needs help. And I also like to see Faye in those positions. Um, I agree too. I, I like the John Blackwell at the end. I mean, like you and I, we we watch a lot of TV and we do this podcast. So we knew not to trust him <laughs> from the beginning. We were like, oh my God, what a turn. We were like, we fucking knew it. Yeah. No good. <laughs> yeah um so I did feel like nice being rewarded on that um I I don't know if I would put this in like my top five I guess I'd put it in like my top 10 just because like I said I think it would be pretty I think it's going to be a pretty forgettable episode for me um just like overall I think it'll like slowly bleed into the other episodes that border it to the point where I'll be like oh yeah and that one episode where this happened this happened and then we found out about John and you're gonna be like that was two separate episodes I'm gonna be like oh well damn you know yeah I wouldn't be surprised that sounds like that would be accurate yeah so that's my hypothesis for how this episode goes uh moral of the story watch it don't watch it doesn't really matter (laughs) all righty On that note, let's get to our deep time, I guess. Uh, hey, they actually kind of had some stuff to go on in this episode. So they did magic. <laughs> crazy. Uh, we're going to go a little bit on 
necromancy what never crazy uh, i don't know a ton about necromancy i i know little bits of like a little things that's about it <laughs> so uh jade it sounds like you have way more than i do so why don't you uh take the lead on this one okay well so i do want to start out with um you know necromancy in movies and tv shows is always way overblown um so although it's a really good example of like the balance the principle of balance in magic so like in movies and such necromancy is life for life blood for blood etc um where like the necromancer has to sacrifice animals and things like that to be able to bring these people back from the dead so yeah it happens in books too happens in a bunch of movies where it's yeah, equal exchange you have to sacrifice enough to be able to bring back this dead person for whatever reason um that type of necromancy doesn't exist in real life okay i do not believe so if you know of actual examples like let me know because i need to see proof because it's not the same thing. You're not going to bring things back from the dead. It's not how that works. However, there is the actual traditional real life necromancy is more thought of sometimes as just spiritualism or things like that. It's a communication with the dead. So not bringing them back per se, not full life, but like summoning their ghosts and communing with uh various spirits and the victorian area seance yeah and like i'm pretty sure there's examples of this like going back to um alexandria like ancient alexandria and things like that like it's an old practice it's come a long ways yeah definitely victorian eras where it like got big and that's definitely the best way to think about it, I think, because I feel like because that got so more widespread, it gives us a better picture of what is actually happening. Because it was seen as fashionable. That's what society did. They threw these grand parties and was like, we have a psychic or a necromancer or a witch that's going to come and it's going to be spooky and eerie. And it's like, it was like high fashion for people who had money to do that so it grew in popularity until basically and not everyone was legit yeah. no but oh, God, there yeah. are people who are legit in this but that's exactly like that that style is exactly i mean maybe they don't practice the exact same but that's what's happening yeah it's a summoning of the dead it's a communing with the dead you know for whatever reasons you learning about the past learning inferring things from the future yada yada but that's really the whole thing about necromancy it's specifically again communing with the dead so not as cool and glamorous exciting as in books and movies but is an actual practicable magic so you want to get into necromancy uh do a lot of spirit work start with i know i circle back to this all the time start with your meditations and you know work on some astral projections 
and things that you can connect with spirits and not necessarily have both feet in the physical realm and you gotta figure out your style that way I will say a tool that I don't know if we've ever brought up before, which would probably be uh, pretty useful for this kind of practice is a uh, pendulum work. Um, but I, I have worked with a pendulum before. I do have a pendulum I like to use. Uh, Pendulums don't work for me. Okay? Yeah, as I'd say, I, I do remember that you were there when I was using it and it didn't work for you. And it was like, kind yeah, of I was super into pendulums for yeah. a while. Like I bought a lot of them, but they... They're not my type of magic, so. Do you have the metal one, or is that aqua? That's aqua. Damn it. It's a good pendulum. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that, that's why I was like, I was really hoping it was you, but I was like, damn it. No, I, it's I actually, um, I have an amethyst pendulum that is now, I just replaced the chain, and it's just a straight-up necklace. But, nice. Because it's like a giant chunk of amethyst that's very well cut, mm-hmm. and I got it for really cheap, so. But I do think pendulum work is a good introductory to uh, necromancy. And it is something that you can do more solo that will not be as draining as like trying to jump immediately into spirit board work or crystal ball work or anything like that. Yeah, definitely. I think I would agree with you. Did you did you have anything else? I didn't mean to cut you off. I actually do not. Oh, well, great. I just I just killed that then. Um, yeah, I don't know a ton about necromancy. Uh, you were right. It is not as uh, theatrical as it appears to be. I assume I'm, I'm going to give a little bit of a, a throwback here because I know we have discussed this through multiple other episodes. You know, guys, this this is probably one of those practices. It's a good time to uh, bust out that blood root that we've brought up multiple times. I, I feel like this this is the time. This is a good substitution uh, time for that. Uh, okay, I will actually admit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're probably spot on there. Uh, yeah, I think if you wanna blend other religious practices into necromancy, this is again, the time to do it. You can look for other candles, other just religious symbols that have to do with spiritualism or the dead. But this, we've gone into divination before where we go into like crystal balls and tarot cards. So I'm not going to go into all that. I do think this is a good time to bust out that blood root, bust out those purple candles, those black candles, and those white candles. Those are going to be like your three, your three focuses right there. I also think this is probably a good time to start really fixating on your circles, really make sure those are solid because that's going to really help you a lot in your practices. And I, I don't use this kind of magic, but I, again, have heard of or know people who do. Um, a lot of people do use taxidermy items in their practices where it's like, um, I do have like a tooth of an animal that I'll sometimes use as like a focus, but some people are just into skeletal structures of animals. No, no, like no judgment. Um, if they're ethically sourced and made, I don't really care. Um, so if you are into that and you like have bones and you like skeletal structures, time to bust those out. Those are great magical focus, especially if they're animals that seem relevant in what you want to use them right now, like spiritually or like historically, 
bust those out, like bring out those skulls. This is your moment. But also make sure they're ethically sourced and like you're not going to get disease. Don't start poaching. I have strong feelings about that and I'll come for you. Conservation is key. Oh my God, it's so key. Um, Things die of natural causes. Yeah. Also get hit by cars and check with your state laws and all that because there are some states against harvesting roadkill. But that is an option. Just fun fact, if if you want to get into that. There's even just, if you just like search, like let's just say you want to, for your practice use, I'm trying to think of something very just like offhand. A, so um, deer mouse bones. Oh, okay. Wow. Is one I, went, I went large. You went small. <laughs> yeah. I always see a lot of mouse bones because you know what? Owls throw it up in their pellets and people go collect the pellets in the woods and then they resell the mouse bones. Mouse bones are small, very easy to add to your spell ingredients. Um, so yeah, I see that a lot. Like I see that shit on Etsy everywhere. Every state in the United States basically allows deer hunting. Um which is common. And I, I don't really support a lot of hunting practices, but I also know like it's, it's just too common, like for me to like, really be like, this is one I draw a hard line on. I draw a hard line on a lot of things. This is one I just don't have the energy to do. Um, and a lot of hunters will obviously go after bucks where they just want the antlers and then the, the meat. And that's kind of all yeah. they want. <laughs> So it's very easy to get uh, deer skeletal parts because you can basically just have connections with hunters who have licenses who are like, I'm going to take the antlers. I'm going to take the meat. I'm going to skin it. I might want the pelt. I, they probably don't want the rib cage. Yeah. 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 There's options for sure. Um, again, I don't know if that I would call that ethical because it kind of depends on your thoughts on hunting. Um, but it, it is more sustainable. And if, you know, if you're going to have hunters and again, I live in the United States where almost every state has deer hunting season. If you're going to have hunters who are going to like hunt every year in every state, then freaking use everything. Like just don't be wasteful. But that is another great thing that you can bring. Um, as you kind of spoke of earlier, Etsy is actually a really good source for stuff like that. And they are usually pretty open on Etsy about where they get their materials uh, the ones that aren't, I just, just don't shop from there. Yeah. But a red lot, flag. Yeah. A lot of shops will say if they're, you know, doing skeletal, like tooths, like taxidermy of any kind, they will source and send you like links to where they are getting their materials. And they'll be like, I partner with this person, or I'm partnered with this organization, or I like, I hunt, like, here is like my license number, yada, yada, like, and this is where I get my materials. And again, is if they're open and like communicate about it, they're they're probably a decent enough source that you can feel safe buying from them. The ones who are just like, I don't know, I had a skeleton. Maybe keep scrolling. Necromancy, you can do it. Don't freak out. Uh, it's mostly spiritualism. Just double down on what we talked about on spiritualism before. Bust out that blood root, bust out those candles, and bust out maybe those skeletons that you've ethically sourced, because we're good witches on this podcast. And I think that's all we have for necromancy, because I feel like we gotta wrap this shit up. Yep. So, Nikki, my fellow witch on the couch, what have you been drinking this week? Uh, I have actually been drinking a Pinot Noir. Oh, I love it. I know, 
I thought you'd like this. Um, it's from the winery where I am a club member and I just got like a recent stock. So I bust out this Pinot. I have another one actually waiting for uh, the holiday season to bring to my family, but I finished this bottle tonight. So that's super fun. It is your go-to. It is a cold climate Pinot Noir. It was delicious. I loved it. And I'm sad that it's ended. But Jade, what have you been drinking? Um, I wanted a light beer and we didn't really have any. So I had Sapporo. Um, yeah, Japanese light beer. It was good. It actually kind of hit the spot. But I really wanted like a blonde ale or something like that. But anywho. Plain and simple. Uh, so no transition because IDK how to do this. If your life is not all fine and dandy, that's okay. If you're so deep, dark down that you are contemplating suicide, that is not okay. It is not the answer. Seems like it is in the moment. Never actually is. 100%. Um, there's some options to start talking to people about it because talking is the hardest. But once you can open that door and keep doing it regularly, it really does help. So one option as of July 16th, 2022, you can now dial 988 to get connected to the suicide hotline and talk to someone that way. You can also text 24-7, text the number 741-741 for crisis counseling hotline. Um, you can also walk into an ER, tell them you're having suicidal ideations. They can get you checked in and talking to someone that way as well. There's options. It seems like you're at the end of the tunnel and it's it's just a bridge. Like, keep walking. You'll get to the other side. Uh, thank you everyone for listening to this podcast today. If you would like to hear more of us, because we're fantastic. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, where we're also just witches on the couch. You can contact us or suggest TV shows that you'd like us to do. That's how we started doing Secret Circle in the first place. And that's probably how we're going to start doing our next show or two. So make sure to drop suggestions there. Maybe we'll love the show. Maybe I'll tear it apart. That's, that's where we're at. Make sure to like, comment, or subscribe, review it, review, do whatever you have to do to help other wandering witches find this podcast. And thank you for listening on this morning, evening, afternoon, night, whenever you tend to be listening to your podcast these days. We've had an excellent time and we will see you all next time. Bye, you guys. Bye.